Blog Talk Radio. We're going to talk about something we know you're going to love. Star Trek Wines. We've been following Star Trek Wines since they launched about four or five years ago. Every year they come out with two new and authentic products. Fans of the original series, Deep Space Nine, The Next Generation, and the new Picard series will recognize several of these amazing Star Trek wines from each series. The entire Star Trek Wines collection celebrates some of Star Trek's most enduring legacies, Jean-Luc Picard, the Klingon Empire, Cardassian culture, and the United Federation of Planets. Right now, Star Trek Wines is featuring its full collection, all six bottles in an interplanetary six-pack called the Full Armada, a must-have for any Star Trek fan. Over the next six weeks, we're going to sample and explore each wine and talk to the creators about how they put these wines together. These wines are rich in detail, including individually numbered bottles, hand-wax-dipped enclosures, 3D-rendered bottles created from the original props used on the shows, and even a blue Chardonnay. Liner notes crafted by writer Una McCormick for historical accuracy are all part of the package. The elegant Chateau Picard Old World French Crew Bordeaux is produced by and imported from the real Chateau Picard in France. Over the next few weeks, we'll be sampling and reviewing the full collection, as well as looking into the newest wines just released in 2021. An Andorian Blue Special Reserve Chardonnay, which features a United Federation of Planets metal medallion, silk screen designs, and a stellar blue wine sought after throughout the galaxy. We'll also do a deep dive in the legendary Cardassian Canar, long considered one of the Holy Grail collectibles in the Star Trek universe. So join us as we go behind the scenes with the team behind Star Trek Wines. Welcome to the United Fermentation of Planets, where no glass has gone before. So, I can't help but notice. <laughs> what have you noticed? <laughs> it seems we have two new friends with us today. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you turn your back for five minutes, sometimes somebody will just beam down, right? That's the problem with transporter technology. Is it's like you can get ambushed. Absolutely. So, yes, we have a couple of visitors joining us here today, uh, thematically. They look like they are ready for a fancy banquet. We have um, Picard in his dress banquet uniform. That is correct, dress. sir. It is dress, dress regalia. That's right. And he is accompanied by uh, Admiral... Yes? Uh, I was Ross, wondering if not, that would... It's not Ross, it's not a chair, it's not uh, Sakamura or Nakamura... Uh, it might be somebody who's not normally an admiral would be your clue. Is it, this is At not, least not an admiral now, in the here and is, now of our current a, time. This is not Admiral Riker, is it? It is Admiral is it Riker. Is Admiral Riker from that, the future? Right, that is from Best of Both Worlds Riker from the future, where he's kind of turned into a bearded, crotchety, uh, you know, guy who maybe could use more prunes in his diet seems to be the impression I get, right? He's just kind of not so... He's got a grudge and resentful... Yeah. Not happy. I see it now. I was not looking closely. He clearly is wearing the future badge, yeah. which would have given me a clue that it was Riker and not some other weird gray admiral, uh, you know, that I couldn't remember. 
<laughs> a lot of times, a lot of, I, that's one of the things I like about uh, Next Gen in particular. The, the admirals are very often female, mm-hmm. right? Really like, you know, like your grandmother who's kind of angry. You know? Yeah. She's, she's, like, like, she's sort of not angry, but stir, right? Sure. She's like the authority figure. And I don't, they've not made any female admiral Have they not? figures there's, yet. There's no Nechea? No. And that's, that's a shout out to you, playmates. You haven't made any yet, yeah. but I think, you know... Uh, fans are welcome, uh, you know. Any toy company with good sense would just... I would think would so, because old lady action figures, doesn't that scream sell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you that we've had many conversations on track talking about how rotten most of the admirals in Starfleet are. They've got they've got about a 10% good rate and about a 90% evil or ulterior motive. I, I, I've got to agree. They're very often they're like conduits for bad stuff to happen, they right? Because they're either self-serving... Yeah. Or they make a judgment call that, you know... They're it's not, just way out of whack. They're not really listening to their uh, their people out in the field huh. who should you'd think would know better. Interesting. Right? Interesting so. how you should listen to those around you, huh? You should, you know. Like, the, it's the, the, you know, the green belt Toyota phenomenon, right? right? It's like, don't listen to the people doing the work. Yeah. Let yeah. them help you decide. So. Well, uh, today, thanks to these, uh, thanks to having these guys here with us, we've got the the very amazing looking bottle of um, United Federation of Planets Special Reserve Sauvignon Blanc, and um, this bottle's it's really beautiful. It's tall, it's narrow, sort of tapers from the bottom as it goes to the top, and has this kind of inverted sort of cone shape to it. And as I understand, it was made as a companion bottle to the Old Vines Inn, which has a similar shape, but is a square in plan instead of a circle. Ah, interesting, interesting. But they do look super complimentary when you see them together, right? They're like, they look like they've got a lot of heft to them. I mean, they look beautifully crafted. I mean, I have to say, I mean, that's a, this dynamic, uh, look to both the bottles. I mean, all their stuff mm-hmm. has been just dynamic like that. Very attention-getting, um, strong theme to it. But, uh, you know, when you said, okay, we're going to go to the United Federation of Planets today, what better accompaniment than to have, you know, folks in their Federation best? They look really good, and those, those dress uniforms are amazing. And we're just having a great day here in Portland. It's 60 degrees. It's sunny. Um, we're outside. My dog Midnight is walking around, so if you hear crunchy rock sounds every now and then, that's Midnight wandering around, doing her thing. We, we, basically, this is the exact opposite of like the last time it is. that we did this, right? We're going from red to white, yep. and we are now, instead of a cold, rainy day when we had our blood wine, we're out here and it's 65 degrees yesterday 65, in Portland wow. in February, yeah, that's before Valentine's Day. That is unseasonably warm. So it could be uh, fall spring because a year ago, do you remember what happened a year I ago? I do. Yes. We were like in you know power went out and snow and ice. Yeah. And yeah. The ice storm was no fun. So we're outside where white wine is typically drank, right? Outside. It's the way it Very should be. Very often. It's summery. It's the way it uh, should a be. A different vibe here. So excited to check this out and uh, see if it's like uh, what you would expect from a Sauvignon Blanc. So I'm I'm curious about that. So each bottle of Special Reserve Sauvignon Blanc has, is individually numbered. Oh, so wow. we got bottle number 10,132. Not number 1701? No. Damn. Too bad. That's probably Damn the, it. That's like the holy grail yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That would be cool. Yeah, someone's keeping that for themselves. That's right. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, it says on the back here uh, that this is a California wine. It says uh, the United Federation of Planets Sauvignon Blanc, founded in 2161 by an alliance of humans, Vulcans, Andorians, and Tellurites, the United Federation of Planets has long recognized the core principles of mutual cooperation and the idea that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Crafted by our intergalactic sommelier and designed to please the palates of multiple planets, this elegant Sauvignon Blanc was created especially for diplomatic banquets, Federation Council gatherings, and planetary assemblies. Grapes used for this interstellar Federation wine were sourced from vines along rolling hillsides overlooking the oceans on planet Earth. Florals, similar to those founded on Rises Surrey Bay, flavors of elegant tropical fruits and white peach burst forth with a refined acidity that balances the ripe citrus aromas. This wine pays homage to the history and mission of the Federation, a dream that became a reality and spread throughout the stars. Wow. Wow. Some fine penmanship going on there. That is super cool. Outstanding. <laughs> Take a look at what we got going on here. Because, you know, as visual learners, we have to... I know, it's pretty cool. I kind of got the, the standard sort of foil top here. It is very nicely designed. It's got the uh, Federation emblem kind of on two sides and then also on the top of the bottle. And the foil itself is got a nice blue color. Yeah. No cork translations in all likelihood this time. So That's a hefty bottle, too. That's I, I like these bottles with the really thick bottoms on. It just gives it such a nice Excellent. stability. All right, shall we? Let's. All right. This one does not have the thick sheath of wax to cut through. Again, we're going for injury-free here. That's right. So far, so good. Got the foil off. But you do have uh, a markation there. Yeah, there's a Federation emblem on the top of the cork. And you can actually see it wrapped around through the glass there. You can oh, nice. StarTrekWines.com. Very cool. That's pretty cool. All right, here we go. Mm. So he's done this before, friends. Ooh, that smells really nice. Yeah, once again, fruity, but in a spring kind of way. Like real sweet, peachy. Well, I'm guessing it won't be too sweet where it's a Sauvignon Blanc, right? But but we'll see. I mean, you never, you never know. It's, it's the surprising. first thing that hits my nose. They, they tend to be probably it's going to have some herbaceous qualities to it. I'm guessing, and it's going to probably be probably a little bit dry. Okay. But typically, but you don't know. Is a Sauvignon Blanc typically kind of a drier? It's wine? typically going to be drier than say uh, a Chardonnay. Okay. Right. It typically be a Chardonnay is going to be uh, have a little bit more uh, acidic characteristic to it, a little bit drier. Um, it should have less sugar content. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Interesting. As, well, so. as opposed to like a like a Pinot Gris or something. Right. Is, uh, uh -huh. It's going to be a little fruitier. Okay. Typically, uh, Ooh, Chardonnay. I just smelled it with the wind sort of wafted some Ooh, scent excellent. over to me. That was nice. That bodes well. So, fun fact for the language from like I think it's the Loire where uh, Sauvignon Blanc originates uh, in France. Um, 
Sauvignon, right, is from the French word sauvage, meaning savage, oh. right? And Blanc, of course, white. white. So kind of more earthy, robust, oh. savage white, which I kind of is an oxymoron, really. Yeah. <laughs> At least in my neighborhood. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but this, so it's the savage white. So wow. meaning to be a little bit earthier, uh, uh, you know, I think more accessible. Okay. Uh, more of a popular table wine, I think, is how Sauvignon Blanc has come to be. Though uh, I think it seems like, uh, at least in modern society, Chardonnay's kind of supplanted it. But as far as like easy drinking, clean, crisp, uh, often described in grassy tones, that's uh, Sauvignon Blanc right okay. there, right? That sounds um, like a white I could. And it'll typically be. I don't know about this one. But uh, very often, uh, to keep it that clean, acidic flavor, though, it'll be something that's aged in, like, stainless steel as opposed to oak. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so usually... So it doesn't get too earthy. Yeah, so it'll maintain that dryness and that crispness. Okay, cheers. Pear is the first thing I'm getting. I'm Mm. getting a real good, very specific hint of pear. Mm -hmm. Oh, after, yeah, about 10 seconds after I took the sip, it sort of started sinking into my tongue. A little bit more buttery than I would have expected. And I think this is going to be one of those ones that changes. As it's open? As it's open a little bit. but uh, So it might not be initially as dry as I would have thought it would have been. Not that that's bad at all. It's just different. It's got some good character to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super it is. curious. It's hitting now. Now somebody taught me once about legs. The right? legs, glycerol. 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 Tell me okay. about legs. Legs. Uh, kind of see the like, yeah. almost like structures. Streaks. Streaks yeah. you see down there. Yeah. And uh, my understanding, and again, not getting too super scientific here, but that's a sign of. There being more of a glycerol content okay. in the wine, and I believe it's a sign of good structure. Okay. Typically. Okay. So I'm sure that's the 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 most Reader's Digest uh, summation that you'll ever get of that. But uh, but that's what I remember. I like it because it's hitting a couple places on my tongue that I really like. Like the the top and the sides are kind of both getting hit at the same time. Yeah. And it tastes. Um, yeah, forward. Like, yeah. it's not it's not deep back. It's, it's yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's richer than I would have. A lot of times you get uh, kind of a lighter, mm-hmm. drier character yeah. to like a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. This is actually nice and rich. Yeah, I like it. It's got. Uh, it's like if I'd been blind tasting cut. this and said, "Okay, Paul, what are you drinking?" Yeah, what would you? I expect? don't know if I'd have identified it as a Sauvignon Blanc. So does it remind you of something else, like another type of grape? A or? little bit more Pinot Grigio. A little Pinot Grigio. Yeah, because okay. there's a little bit more of that you know, pear fruit than I would have expected uh-huh. for this. But again, it's just, I got a, you know, disclaimer. Paul's way more of a fan of like red wines. And I don't drink white wines as often. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm kind of a little out of practice. I very infrequently drink white wines uh-huh. to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, just at uh, special occasions, I think. Like our outside banquet here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is where, you know, when Starfleet Command convenes some kind of a formal meeting. That's right. You know, then they bust, the out the, bust out the Sauvignon Blanc. But <laughs> but no, I like it. I like it. I'm curious to see where it goes over time and uh, see how it goes. But I definitely get pear. Um, you can kind of see. I think white wines have very often been matched up with uh, 
shellfish and seafood, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They definitely have a good fit together. It's like I can easily Healthy, picture. Yeah. You can usually picture yourself having like some grilled swordfish mm-hmm. or like uh, uh, you know I'm you know lean into oysters pretty hard. So I can imagine having like some some either you know shucked oysters or fried oysters with this would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It'd be a great matchup. So, but uh, I like it. To be yeah. drinking a white wine on a 65 degree day in February. In February, it does feel like it's in the Alpha Quadrant. It's crazy. And there's no clouds, so even though it's 65, I'm soaking up an enormous amount of radiation energy right now from the sun. So I'm feeling like <laughs> really nice and toasty. Vitamin D, good, brother. Huh? Vitamin D. Feels good. So we're going to have to do, because we have six of these, right? We do. And we're going to have to do one of these, Roadshow, My Place. Yes. Okay? That would be fun. Um, it's, it's, I've been kind of deliberately holding off a little bit, because there's something I need to install. Oh, okay. Okay, that arrived just this week. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, so I'm super excited to get that fully installed. I have uh, just about everything I need, but i got to test it out and make sure everything's working correctly. But it, uh, it will be apropos, let's just say that. Ooh, that sounds fun. But uh, yeah, really... You know, it's one of those things that every now and then something surpasses your expectations. Love it when that oh, happens. Oh, I do think you mentioned something. Yeah, 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 Okay, yeah. okay. Well, so, I'm very much looking for kind it. of environmental uh, yeah. area, but uh, but yeah, I gotta I gotta you know kind of swab the decks down there. Yes. Create a little bit more navigatable space. <laughs> navigatable? Navigable. Navigable space. Navigable space. Yeah, because right now it's kind of close quarters down there. There's too much stuff. Okay. So I need to just basically get this thing installed like I think I can. Yeah. And we should be good. Oof. So it'll be, I do think you'll like it though. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I do think you'll be uh, be like, whoa. So yeah. I'm, I don't have any buyer's remorse. Good. Which is good. That's fantastic. It's, it's, it's exceeded your expectations. Uh, yeah. I think so. I mean, I haven't put it all together yet. Sure. Though, cause so damn big. I don't. You know, which is <laughs> you crazy. Have the space to, yeah. Like I don't know, it could be amazing. I My wife is <laughs> so uh, understanding with all the constant parade of parcels that uh, keep showing up at our place, dude. It's it's bad. It's, you know, she's a special woman. She is. She puts up with me. Yeah. But uh, actually, there's a we're kind of on watch today, um, switching franchises. Oops. Uh, that's okay. But, I, I'm now all caught up with everything franchise-wise. But I have, uh, to go into the Star Wars universe, Yes. I have uh, a FedEx delivery that's supposed to be happening today. Oh. Supposedly yes. happening today. Um, but FedEx deliveries are about as dependable as, you know, members of Congress. Anything you so, say. So, you know, not yeah. super, you know, reliable. But yeah. supposedly it's arriving today, and it is a Razor Crest. <gasps> is it the big one? Yeah. I've seen that yeah, online. So, oh, it looks amazing. Which I ordered like a year ago. Okay. Right? Through Hasbro's, like, crowdfunding thing. Yeah. For the, their stuff like that. So, but. another friend of mine just received his today, and he posted a bunch of pictures, and he said his literal words were, it's the perfect toy. <laughs> It's crazy. It's so full of good accessories. Yeah. Looks great. But it's just like, you know, for me, problem is, the Star Trek-related thing came the same week. Yeah. Right? And everything I was hinting at before is yes. very Star Trek-related. Yes. Right? It's it's something that should have been made many years ago, but was not. And this is like a second chance mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, i got to be frank. 
Fraser Crest comes in. I'm going to take that big box. I'm going to put it in a corner someplace. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I'll get to you later, yeah. right? Because it's just like I have no place to display it right now. But what a thing to look forward to. Oh, it'll be at, at some point. But yeah. it's like you can't, you know, it's like the barge when they did the sale, oh, yes. Java sale barge. Yeah, you sure. can't, you're never going to have a problem because even if you like you just tire of it and get rid of it. Yeah, you know the market to buy those secondarily Always is crazy. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like we'll see. I'm yeah. trying to not say downsize because I know myself too well because mm. I don't think I can. But, right. But I'm just trying to get to keep <laughs> it down keep to a place, dull roar. If you keep it nice and full, eventually. Yeah. You know. The problem is, is like they keep making new stuff. I know. If they didn't keep making new stuff, it would be fine. But I'm like, oh lord, they just keep making good stuff, and it's good. Stupid capitalism. I know. <laughs> And then the technology keeps improving. I Well, that's the thing that I'm really noticing is, you know, yeah, you can still get some rotten-looking molds and stuff, but generally speaking, just the plastic technology and everything has gotten so much better, and the molds look really good. The paint jobs look really good on a lot of these things. Well, now what they're able to do for, like, at least for... Uh, I don't know if they're going to do this for Star Trek merch or not, but, like, Hasbro is kind of, you know, king of the Star Wars universe yeah. as far as I have to go. And then overseas companies like uh, Figure Arts and whatnot. But they do, like, 3D facial scanning, you know, and they can print oh. 3D, you know, face likenesses on the figure. Oh, wow. So they look really good. I mean, they look That's really, amazing. really lifelike. They're, like, disturbingly so. That's what I've noticed is it's really a combination of the shape of the plastic and the paint job yeah. that you, makes it so convenient. you got to have a good sculpt. There's a foundation underneath, but yeah. then you got to be able to... Uh, Articulated. You know, put a good, uh, you know, a nice paint job on top of it. Mm-hmm. So good chassis. Yeah, there you good go. Paint work. Good chassis, good paintwork. Uh, you know, this spring, I, every time I sit back here now, I think about this spring was the first time I really went up on that roof and spent some time scraping moss. Oh. <laughs> like I, this spring? Yeah, this past yeah. spring, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I do. Do you climb up there? I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm like, at this point, I've like hit the age milestone where I'm like, I could, yeah. mind you. Yeah. I'm not admitting I'm, you know, you know, weak or anything. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but I just am reluctant to take as many risks. Sure, right? Sure. And plus, Susan will kill me if yeah. I get up on the roof. I mean, if you break something, yeah. She yeah. would literally kill me. Okay. Right, so what I do is I got this, uh, it's like an extendable brush oh, right? it's like a really thick kind of brush yeah but it's modular and extends out to i think as long as like like probably 20 feet Ooh, nice so i'll get up to the gutter level and on a ladder from there and i'll just basically use this thing and i'll extend ah. it out as far as i can and get all the way up to the top of the house scrape 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 very cool that. and because uh, i'm just no if, if i get up on the roof i guarantee you i'm falling I'm going off. down there yeah yeah i unfortunately i'm a bit of a mountain goat and have always been so I don't that's good I don't fear heights I have to be careful that I'm not dumb about it because when I was younger I took a lot of risks that I of course can't really take any longer <laughs> just because my agility isn't there anymore yeah. but yeah my problem is I tend to move too quickly uh, I'm impatient right uh, and so I'll be like oh yeah. and I'll just like you know bolt yeah or you know hastily lunge in a direction I shouldn't and end up like, oh, why did I sprain my ankle? I don't know. Because so, I hastily lunged? Yeah, because I hastily <laughs> lunged. It's like, it's like, no, not good. Ooh, there's a bug. I saw a couple things yeah, flying around here. There is uh, insect life on this planet, Captain. There really is. Yeah, I've got some uh, tiger lilies coming up over there. Right now. Okay, so it's not really wine-related. 
However, I got to tell you, uh, in the category of, like, pleasant surprises, I have to thank you, okay, because you got me uh, where I had been Mr. Dismissive, right, uh, this whole Star Trek Prodigy show, okay? I really like it a lot, and I did not expect it at all. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that you love it. Um, I, I think it's just a great show. I think that it... You know, is designed for a certain age, but works for everybody, particularly if you're a Trek fan and you're kind of seeing what they're doing with the show. Because there's a lot of elements in there that I frankly think have been missing from the other aspects of the franchise mm. that have not been satisfying me. I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, you know, I still watch uh, Discovery, but there's parts of it that, just, you know... It's different. It's different. Yeah. And it's, you know... But I'm liking... Uh, Admittedly, I mean, they have hugely strong visual animation style. I mean, it is amazingly sharp. And unique. And unique. And uh, one of the things that I don't know always gets the attention ship, but the sound. Have you paid attention to the sound on that show? Yeah, when when we watch it, we always turn on the the fancy sound bar, and it does. It sounds amazing. The sound team is doing incredible work there. Yeah. Really, really good. And I just like it. They... The episodes are not unduly long, and the writing is propulsive and crisp, and it's I like all of the characters, so I did not expect to like any of them. <laughs> okay, I'm like, okay, Nickelodeon show, Star Trek. Right. Uh, Paul's going to not like it. And I was, like, so wrong. I couldn't have been, I mean, I was like, wow. Or I'd be like, okay, let's watch the next one. And it's, you know, not where you're, like, feeling obligated to because you don't want to. It's got a nice flow from one episode to the next. I mean, it's definitely not episodic. It's a it's a serial show where one thing just leads kind of right into the to the next one. But I love how much character development you're seeing in all of these characters. Well, almost all of them. There are a couple that I think they're neglecting a little bit. But, like, Dal, the main dude character who's the captain yeah. there, I just, everybody hated him at the beginning. I hated him at the beginning. He was just kind of risk taker, but kind of whiny. And arrogant like surfer arrogant guy. Sur- you but know. he's moved past that. But he has now moved Really past well, and in a realistic way. These last couple episodes were so good, and he actually acted as a captain, and, and in the way a, a Starfleet captain would act. Yeah. These, these kids are learning, and um, Janeway is an awesome mentor. It doesn't insult your intelligence, this show. No. It's engaging in a way that keeps, I would imagine, like a younger demographic, you know, I mean, without pandering to them, mm-hmm. right? It, I mean, it's it's assuming that they're smart enough to be able to follow what's going on, and they don't dumb stuff down, mm-hmm. but they keep things fun, mm-hmm. right? And that's a tough line to balance, but I think they do it really, really well. I was really shocked. Um, the Kobayashi episode, mm-hmm. I freaking love that. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> it was very cleverly done. They pulled, like, old audio from, like, how many different sources I can't even lose track of. Many. Yeah, yeah. many. Many. But, you know, it, it, it worked, you know. I got to say, it worked really, really well. I was just like, I was grinning like crazy watching that. It's fun like, to see those delight. characters again in an animated version, TOS characters yeah. in an animated version, yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes you want more. It does. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, but, no, they did a great job with that. Really, really liked it. Uh, super entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, I'm... The only bummer about it for me, right, this is the only thing I don't like about it, is I'm nice to, you know, whatever it was, episode eight, mm-hmm. the one you guys just reviewed that I didn't get a chance to listen to yes, yet, yeah. is, and I'm like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, wait a second, the season's not, it's like they're on hiatus they or something, are, and I'm yeah. like, when? I know. And it doesn't, we don't know when they're coming back, right? Uh, we 
do. I don't know it off the top of my head, but they they have laid out a whole schedule at this point. So it's going to be, it's after Discovery and maybe sometime in the coincident sort of time frame with uh, Strange New World. So like summer. So summer. Okay. Yeah. Because Strange New World is May, I think. Yeah. So I think I think it's something like that. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'll be frank. I was like, ready for more. I'm like, yeah. I'm, you know, it's, I know. you know, a character I shouldn't like that should be just really annoying is what is it, Jankum Pod? Yeah. Pog? What is it? Yeah, Jankum Pog. Yeah. He's hilarious. That guy's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I love his and his his hand is really cool. Yeah. And he's just <laughs> always referring to himself in the third person, which is hilarious. So no, a pleasant surprise for me. I didn't expect to like it at all, and I thought this is going to be just like, you know, trip to the dentist, right? That was my, you know dismissive yeah I love being so wrong about something right yeah and it was just so wrong and I'm happy to admit it it was just great that's so awesome. really really fun that's that, was, awesome. that was a good one there I have not watched this week's discovery though yet I have not it's yet good, either so I might yeah. maybe tonight um, but uh, I'm curious yeah curious sure. to see where they go I mean I I was I felt like we were left hanging a little bit too when they went on hiatus yeah. uh, but not too bad not too bad I mean it wasn't designed I don't think as a cliffhanger um, the way this Prodigy episode yeah. was you know but now I figure like we're going into a whole new thing right mm. because I think we're done with the uh, uh, John Noble for a while mm-hmm. what's what's the uh, uh, the diviner yes is that what he is the diviner. The diviner. I think we're done with the diviner for a while. It sure seems like it. Boy, he got a punitive comeuppance, didn't he? Well, I, you know, you're gonna be the last guy digging in the dirt for worms on this planet, <laughs> and you're screw you. He just totally left, like in his, you know, in his pants, you know, and no shirt, just yeah. rooting around crazy. There are a bit there, and I will say that. So, Prodigy, I am totally digging Prodigy as well. I've sung his praises many, many times. There are times that make me wonder. If it is really a kid's show. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it can get pretty scary at times. Um, and then, you know, things like the way the Diviner is left at the end of that, that uh, you know, mid-season break there, that's it was kind of intense. Well, I was, what is, it, I love it when people will work on something and it's like they do something that completely surprises you, right? Mm. So it's like it's a little bit, you know, kind of off in the esoteric corners of the original series, right? Mm-hmm. But... Um, the uh, the it's the Medusas yeah. right okay yeah. that's one episode original series I want to say third season wow. if I remember correctly right really cool but never been explored before no. and they took the idea of one of those kind of frightening surreal psychedelic aliens and making that a main character took it up and then their abilities not shying away from what that would do and, and what like, are the moral like ramifications of understanding what you're capable of and then also releasing that yeah. on people yeah and yeah. they did that and yeah. they didn't pull back no. you know and they you know it's just like wow so a lot of stuff like that that I didn't expect so I mean it's um Sorry to go on, but I was just, I was yeah. just, I got so much more from that show than I bargained for. That's good. And they're, they do a great job, and they keep doing a nice job of occasionally referencing other stuff from other parts of the franchise in a really interesting, clever way. And I have, didn't realize how much I'd missed Kate Mulgrew. And mm. she's just really good. She's so good, and, you know, uh, spoiler alert, turn off the recording right now if you haven't seen the latest episode, but 
Admiral Janeway. Yeah. My heart just went boom. Yeah. I was like, oh yes, this is this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. Right? And she wants to find out it's very fugitive, right? Yes. She wants to find out what's up with Chakotay. That's right. What's going on Chasing here? I need to down. find out. I need what's yep. going on here. It's yep. just like we're running into, you know, we've spent time with, you know, subconscious hologram Janeway or, mm-hmm. you know, most distilled. Past Janeway, really. Pure, her pure essence, if you will, mm-hmm. or idealized Janeway. Idealized would be past how you Janeway. Would say. Yeah. But now we're running into, you know, how I'm feeling now. Right. Kind of we were talking earlier about, you know, the... Uh, the older, slightly, what makes an admiral yeah, yeah. go bad? We're kind of in, we're kind of in that again, which is really cool. So that's really interesting to explore. So is that what's happened with all these previous admirals in Star Trek that are all you know quote rotten when we see them in these episodes? Is that in fact they have a backstory that we're unaware of that has made them into the admiral that that we're seeing. It could be. It could so be. interesting as an idea, yeah. yeah. It's just like, what's Kirk's backstory, right? When you see him in, like, uh, the motion picture, right? Yeah. He's an admiral. Yeah. It's like, but he's kind of like, why is he, you know, in his mindset that he is? Because he's like, he's not in the soup anymore. No. He's pissed because he's not, he's not in the mix. He's not, he's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, sorry, cross-franchise, spoiler alert, but what does Boba Fett say at the end of... Episode 7, did you see that this week? Uh, no, what does he say? He goes, uh, I don't think we're built for this. Or oh, yeah. To that effect, right? Yeah, that's we're not, right. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Right? It's just like, we're really not, we're really kind of, you know, it's like you have the, the seasoned, you know, street detective, mm-hmm. right? And he's out there solving cases, solving homicides. You put that guy behind a desk, is he going to gain 30 pounds and be angry and resentful? Probably so. Yep. And I think there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah. So, that's rich stuff for Mulgrew to explore. Yeah, I, I think she's sure. going to be really... She's terrific. The, uh, Orange is the New Black. Yes. Seen her on that? Oh, she's so good. She's great. That. I mean, she's totally different, right? She's totally but she's, different. But she's just, you know... <laughs> she went up the scenery with a knife and a fork. She's yeah. great. She's I great. I love those memes that you see that are uh, you know read from Orange is the New Black and <laughs> talking about you know, but referencing Janeway in some way. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> but she's great, you know, and she's really uh, she's a great presence. So I'm I'm happy. I didn't you know I thought how are they going to do this? And yeah. it was just like. What a pleasant delight! So, Absolutely. really big thanks for that. Cause well, I would have never checked welcome. it out by myself. You are welcome. I yeah, very glad you like it. <laughs> oh wow, it is nice and warm out. I know, man. It's like we're sitting out here, and it's like there's a little breeze to sort of cool things out, which is probably a good thing. But it's nice. This is good. And curiously, it's been a few minutes. It's been, I'd say, about. 35 minutes or so since we opened this Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. and I'm sensing some things that are a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I am. I think that the, uh, it's funny. It's, we had the same thing uh, I'm feeling uh, that occurred with the uh, the blood wine yeah. last week, right? Where initially it was like, whoa, pew, it burst through the wall, right? Cinder blocks and dust flying everywhere. It was really uh, forward, and then it starts to calm down a little bit after it's been out for a while. And I feel like this is not quite so... Uh, it's it's tasting drier to me now that it's been open a while. And I don't know if that's just my own brain, but I'm getting a little drier hit off of it. Now. The pearness that you were describing is all but gone, I think. I don't I don't really sense it anymore and I don't know if it's become because I've become desensitized to it. 
or because it's not there anymore. So you're not sure if it's used to it or if it's subsided? Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting I can't tell, but I, I don't notice it at all anymore. It doesn't seem as forward, though. No, yeah. it definitely feels drier. I'm getting a little more of that acidic. It's kind of yes. puckering, kind yeah. of uh, pulling you in there now. That's right. And Hits me in the jowls. I sadly, think. it's making me want oysters more than ever, <laughs> which is, I don't think I'll be satisfying that today, because I have a rule about only ordering oysters within five miles of the ocean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I do not blame you. I, I personally, I am not a oyster guy, but if I was, um, I would I would demand fresh. When for it's sure. a great. <laughs> That's what I've been told, and I just I have not gained an appreciation. It's for It's one of those foods, though, uh, that do blow my mind because there's a lot of stuff like that, right? Like, who's the first cat, right? Neanderthal or whatever it was that said, you know, you crack these open and there's a gross-looking jelly thing in here, and I bet you that's really good I'm to eat, eat it, right? <laughs> what? So many food things are like that. How did somebody, you know, and how many things did you try that killed you before you landed on oysters that you were good? You have to assume that humans have pretty much put everything in their mouth uh, throughout history yeah. at one point or another. Because some things we eat, I'm just like baffled. How did that start, right? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, who, who decided it was a really good idea to go into, like, an angry beehive yeah. and pull their sweet stuff out of there and, you know, get stung a thousand times before you get I mean, How that even? How would you ever even know to try that? Like, did, did one fall down and somebody, or maybe, maybe somebody found one later uh, that didn't have bees in it anymore, and so that's when they actually tried it. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, well, if this is that good, maybe we can get around these bees somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, but I found <laughs> that fascinating. But, you know, way digressing, but boy, you know, this, I'm, we thought, oh, you're funny. You're like, well, you know, we don't have to do the whole couple hours. We can just come over a few minutes, try a little bit of wine. We're going to mow through this. It's like, yeah, thing. it's like there's no, there's not But it's chance. because, it's the combination of factors here because it is the day, it is the sun, it is the wine. Like, it's all, it's kind of a package, I feel like at the moment. I mean, that's why I keep drinking yeah. it this right now because it just feels like and it's good for me because it's like I, I have been like so long the uh, red only red I only drink red mm -hmm. you know kind of that fine. and this is great it's a good reminder of how really pleasant and uh, enjoyable a, a good white wine can be refreshing yeah. yeah and it's great it's just like you could do this you have your oyster course you have your salads and everything like that and you're having a big meal you're negotiating a peace treaty with the uh, Ferengi or whatever it may be, right? And it's, now it's time to open the Reds. Okay. And then you open up the Zin yeah. at some point. I'm not, I don't think that's that happening today. That comes later in that's the meal. <laughs> later, but, you know, you, you move into the heavier turf, right? Later. I can totally see it. This goes with the salad course uh, and, their, and the early appetizers. and then Absolutely. The but it's it. a great way to start and get your palate exercised, right? All those... Uh, Limbering up exercises at the gym. That's kind of what's going on with this guy. <laughs> so I was looking up, uh, you know, Star Trek banquets, thinking about all the times that people got together for meals or, uh, you know, banquets in Star Trek lore. And there, there are a few. There right? are. There Babel. Are. Babel, of course, is the very first one I thought of, yeah. uh, you know, where we meet our first Andorian, our first Tellarite, and, you know... Great episode. Oh anyway. my God! Just, uh, yeah, don't get me. Oh, isn't there a ba there's a Babel wine, isn't there? Or, is there? Or, there's an Andorian wine. There, oh, yes, there's there something called Journey to Babel, isn't there? One of the wines references Babel. Uh, maybe. I'm pretty sure there is. Okay, you could be right. I got it now. You got me. I got to check. But. Maybe it is the Andorian one. Sorry, StarTrekWines.com. My memory is not as uh, great as it could be. So that was the first one that I that I absolutely thought of. Uh, yeah, what do you got there? I'm trying to find that list of wines. Oh, yeah. The Armada. Oh, you know what? I think I've got it here. 
Yeah. You think you can search faster than me? Well, I, ha- I, haven't, <laughs> I happen to have it ready to go. So, yeah, the, they say that the Andorian Blue uh, limited edition, hand-numbered, hand-numbered bottles, medallion. I thought there was an Andorian something men- mentioned. But well, this is an Andorian Blue Chardonnay. That's the, that's the Chardonnay that they produce here. Uh, pays homage to the history of colorful Star Trek spirits, age 12 months. Yeah, nothing about Babel, though. But I'm sure, I mean, I'm positive you saw something. No, I make stuff up in my mind a lot, too, which is unfortunate, so... That happened uh, four or five years ago? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for remembering. Okay, Andorian Blue Chardonnay, Cardassian Canar... Uh, I hope it's pronounced Kanar. I think it is. I think it's Kanar. Kanar. Yeah. Kanar sounds cooler. It sounds like a Klingon name. Kanar. It's like Kalar. This is my daughter Kanar. Wow. She's betrothed to your son Nog. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, oh, Nog. Klingon blood wine, Chateau Picard. Yeah, okay, I must have just completely... Boo! Made well, that up. What well, do you do? So, Journey of Abel, you've got, you've got that one. Um, you've got... Uh, you know, if you hit the other end of the spectrum, you've got, like, Insurrection at the beginning has the the banquet. Oh, you acknowledge uh, that Insurrection is a movie. I do. Good. I do. <laughs> I'm not saying that it is at the top of my list of Star oh, Trek movies. Oh, I've tried really hard to forget that one, man. I, 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 I have. Okay, so can I tell you, not about that movie, because my opinion hasn't really changed about that movie. And granted, I haven't seen it since first release. Okay, so you... It's been so a long time. Here's what I would recommend. Like, seriously... Try watching Nemesis and Insurrection again. Okay. Okay. That's that's a... Um, Which I know is a tall order. It is. But here's what I will say. I've watched Nemesis probably, you know, half a dozen times over the last... Since it was released. And every time I've seen it, I've liked it a little more. Okay. And I think you kind of have to get past this, this idea that, you know, they found an actor that sort of looked like... Picard, but didn't really look like Picard, and yeah. he was supposed to be a clone, and so suspension of disbelief is just really hard in the movie in general. It's Tom uh, Hardy, right? It is it's Tom Max. Hardy. It's Max, and, and, and he just doesn't really look like him. Yeah. So uh, it's really hard for me to, at, at first, to get past that. But the more you watch it, the more there's some halfway decent writing in there that works on that whole concept of duality and kind of exploring that a little bit. So Nemesis is the one that I feel like I've gained more appreciation for over time. Insurrection, it just doesn't bug me as much as the first wow, time I saw okay. it. Because <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, you have got to be shitting me. <laughs> Did I just watch that yeah. movie? F. Murray Abraham, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, wow. I still remember the afternoon I went and saw that. I yeah. was like, oh. You walked out and you're just like, I feel like I just lost, lost a quarter plasma. Well, here's my thing, right? It's like, this is always my rubric. <laughs> $10 words, throw that out there, but it's like, I would always hold up the movies yeah. to all the next-gen two-parters. Yes, right? of course. To me, they were like good movies, like Times Arrow or World, know, uh, Unification or, or any of those, absolutely. right? Because these are like, yeah. like, those were structured really about, okay, who are the fans and who is the audience and how are we going to leave them feeling at the end, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're really tight, really well done. And I felt like some of the writers on the movies that were theatrical were kind of almost paying like lip service to the fans. Mm. They weren't really as hardcore fanny as they wanted to. Yeah. I didn't feel as satisfied by those as I did from like, well, Best of Both Worlds mm-hmm. or you know, 
any of the really good two-parters that would make you go, whoa. All right. So can you make a good two-parter? And I, I this is a loaded question because I already know the answer. But <laughs> oh, bring it. Can you make a good two-parter that doesn't have some sort of epic consequences? You know, I mean, best of both worlds, epic consequences, right? But what else is out there? There's there's mean, unification. Right. Times arrow. Right. Uh, Both with epic consequences. Wasn't Descent a two-parter? Yes. That was a two-parter. It was. Uh, yeah. Without uh, epic consequences. Well, then you get a thing like define what epic consequences Well, is. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like... You have a clear specific example in mind. I do, well, I don't know that I do um, have a specific example, but what I, I think the answer is yes. And I think that this is what they... The problem is that when they got deeper into the Next Generation movies, after First Contact, they hit a wall of epicness. And they didn't know what to do after that. They already had the Dominion War rolling. They already had the Borg threat that everybody was kind of tired of. You know, all of those big, like, season-long things that had taken up more than one series had sort of played themselves out at that point. So what did they do? Well, they tried to go the opposite. They tried to go introspection. They tried to go you know, into Picard's psyche and what would Picard have been like if his nurture was different, mm. right? And so that's the part of that movie that I don't think I got at first that I get now later on is it's really just, it's all about nature versus nurture and like, you know, how the same person can be two different people depending on their conse- consequences in life and like what happens to them and all that sort of stuff. So, so, People weren't ready for that story. They wanted more epicness. Interesting. They just wanted it to keep getting bigger and bigger. Now we want an Enterprise F, and now we want. See, like, I'm the more, exact opposite yeah. way. I don't want bigger epicness. I want more character. Right? I want to go back into Bing. character. I don't like to go the big other. I want to go the other direction. Yes. And that's been one of my complaints about Discovery. Is yes. I feel like they need epic to make, consequences every time. Every season has to be that the entire freaking universe is at peril of being destroyed, yeah. and that is just. I don't know. It just doesn't it's, it's lend itself to character. Particularly when the world is that way anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want character. I want to see, like, one person's yeah. journey of, like, you know, confusion and stuff like that, where they go. You know, it's like, I'll, I'm pulling this out of my hat, right? But to me, it's a really, it's, it's, a, it's an example of, like, okay, here's a 20-minute, uh, you know, or couple minutes longer uh, story that could have easily been an epic uh, an epic Star Trek story right and the, the thing the the franchise aspect that I like to go back to every now and then is the animated series from the 70s okay and the one on that show was yesterday my favorite okay my favorite where Spock goes back and he's like the mentor for himself as yeah. a kid yeah right that's a movie okay that's a great movie premise right and everything in there could have been slightly expanded out and then there's such a tendency in Hollywood now your movie's gotta be longer than two hours or it's not you know it's like we don't want a two hour movie don't have to we want like a 98 minute movie so we can have more show times but they make these long movies that are just unnecessarily over long right but that would have been a great like 95 98 minute movie yeah and the whole, it, it's epic enough because it's Spock going back to Vulcan and Absolutely. all this stuff happens and it's just great, yeah. you know. But you don't have to have the freaking okay, Vulcan's going to explode if if you know young Spock doesn't put this crystal on top of a 
acorn on right. Mount Soleil. Right. No, we don't need that. We don't need all that Jeopardy. <laughs> it's just all the character of, of Spock dealing with you know him, his origins, right? That's a great freaking movie. I would agree. And that episode holds up really well. It's so good. And I want to say DC Fontana. She did. Which is why, yeah, she right? Because she knew how to write really, yeah. really well. Yeah. But I want to go back and see a lot more of those uh, animated series stuff. I think they, they were, you know. I've rewatched the animated series in the last couple of years. You have, and, and yeah, I, I watched like maybe three of them. More than fifty percent are good. The filmation running style. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, what, so I, clever, what I really love is I love being able to see the kind of like transparent panels passing by each other. Like you'll see a, you know. <laughs> Like a, the Enterprise is coming by, but you can tell that it's painted on a clear thing that's sliding in yeah. front of another clear Cell thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, I love that yeah, though. Cool. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for that. And I remember when, you know, uh, you know, I won't betray my age, but it's just like at the time when I was like, they're gonna make a Saturday morning cartoon of Star Trek. Yeah, and it's all the actors. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I was there every second. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. That was good stuff. But okay, I respect your opinion a ton. So I'm gonna have to now go back and watch Insurrection and Nemesis. Nemesis. Is ne was Nemesis before you just talked to me at the bottom, or was Insurrection at the bottom? I think Nemesis or was might Star have Trek, been. Or was Star Trek Five at the bottom? I think Nemesis might have been. No, I have a weird fondness for Star Trek Five. Okay. I don't hate it as much as most people do. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's not awful. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's you know it had the misfortune of following four, which was such a crowd pleaser, right? Well, it was a crowd pleaser and probably had better writing overall. I mean, and then you got Shatner directing five, right? So of course it becomes like everyone wants to dump on his ego, right? Because like there you go. That's true. But uh, That's true. you know. But interesting cat. It's like every, what everything bad says about Shatner is like you know people do when that guy passes away. It's going to be like Bowie died. It is. Okay? It's going to be like the people will be like, oh, he never did a wrong thing. Yeah. Be like, he's, because he's a, you know. And he got to go to freaking space. He actually, at 90 years old. Oh, he was alive. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, James Dewan. Um, but, but he was alive. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the, and he, I love the interviews with him after he came down, mm. though, because he was mm. so blown. He's overwhelmed. This is a dude who, I mean, I spent like years making fun of his, like, you know... Vaudeville style. His Mr. Tambourine Man. Yeah, you know, his, his, yeah sure. His, his spoken his word. Stuff, yeah. Oh, my God, those are great. Yeah, they right? are. But that version of Shatner doesn't even compare to how blown his mind was when he came back down from yeah. the whole Bezos thing. Man, that's crazy. He was, like, really, like, moved. Well, it just Legitimately goes, moved. I mean, it just goes to show... I, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. Where it's, you know... Can you like, imagine? What percentage of human beings will ever get to do that? It's like point zero 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 zero. You know. No. No. But it's just like you know. You want to really, you know, if if I'm Jeff Bezos, right? You want to switch around? I think I'm just. Gonna I think you should switch around over here. Okay. Oh, that's know, a good idea. This way, you're looking over there, and you're not going to lose any mics. And, but I don't want you. To, you know, that was gravel, folks. We weren't fighting. <laughs> There's no Star Trek fighting going on. I'm moving so that the sun is not entirely. But the sun in my is like mind. lethal out here. It's crazy. It's hard to believe. I mean, it's great. I will keep you filled. But, yeah. Okay. Thank you. But if I'm Bezos, right, and I'm send, I have the ability to send people into space, right? What about a lottery? Yeah. For the average guy, mm. right? And not necessarily a okay. If if it was me, I'd lottery it, but I would lottery it for people under 16. 
Oh, wow. Uh, for ones who are going to be able to change what the future looks like. Those yes. young dreamers right now, I want to find somebody who's grown up in like the equivalent of like Cabrini Green, right? Who's 15 and who doesn't have much hope for a vision of the future. Hi, Midnight. Hi, sweetheart. And, you know, get them. Absolutely. That because that's or somebody who's working on some science project. They've got a lot of promise, but, but because it has that kind of power, it's an injection of vision. That's yeah, like you're, you're un, you can't replicate that in any other way. And I think that would be the thing. It's just like make it so that all those kids out there from neighborhoods who never have a chance to, you know, it's like right now it's a millionaire's game, right? Yeah. A billionaire's game. Yeah. To buy a spot on like one of these things going up there, but change the dynamic and watch what that does to. You know, well, yield change. So, have any interviews been done with him talking about his motivations for why he's? Shatner. No, no, it was Bezos. I don't, not that I'm aware of. I mean, they made that little documentary with him and Shatner where they were they afterwards. Okay. I, I, I haven't see even that. seen the whole thing. Yet. Okay. I just saw some clips of it. Okay. But uh, but I think it's mostly Shatner talking. Okay. You know, I don't think Bezos is necessarily great on camera. Right. Right. So we'll see. But, uh, so yeah, I wonder. I mean, that's the thing is, I if you could understand his motivations, then you could. In I don't know, maybe somebody could influence them somehow. Yeah. I would think so, but it's just it's it's tough because I think the it's the thing you always see in Hollywood, right? The more money you have, the less likely people are to call you on your bullshit and tell you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? So true. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And it may seem, folks, that we're not talking about wine as much <laughs> as we could be right here, but I would argue you can't have a conversation like this without really good wine to you can't. be kind of a, a, a helium to help. Make your balloon go aloft, right? There you go. So I'm, you know, this the wine is is still focal, dear. Focal. What? <laughs> is that an engineering term, Scotty? It's the focal. It's the focal portion it's, of yeah. our conversation. <laughs> we have a really hard time not talking when we're in the same room. It seems. Yeah, it's so. the great lubricator. Yeah, of absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm I would love to see it. I would love to see stuff that's going to happen. You know, I wonder if we're actually going to get to Mars, man. Oh, I mean, we'll get there someday. Uh, I'm hoping that it's going to happen in this whole, like, push that we're kind of making right now. I, I think it would be great. I, you know, I don't know, man. We, no. could, we could get pretty deep on this pretty oh, quickly. Oh, I know. Totally, totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm always, you know, this is like us. We always focus our conversation, right, on, like, you know, what we can do as mankind, right, and yeah. all that. But I'm always, like, rooting for the unknown variable, right? And the slippery and danger of a slope as that may be, I'm always like, I want the unexpected visitor to come to us. Mm-hmm. Right. Ooh. Well, I, I kind of want that, too. But, man, don't you think we're just going to, like... Amir darkly them, you know, we're just going to like, we're, we're not going to welcome them with open arms. We're going to shoot them in the face. Yeah, I'm afraid so. But, I, but what if they had the ability to not do that? Like nullify us somehow, pacify us? Then it's going to be totalitarianism and we fight against that. I don't know. I think there's a third option. Okay. Uh, Which is that we're just so overwhelmed by their power? The movie or? that blew my mind the most as a kid and I still like watch it at least once a year. And uh, and uh, I think it's one of the great monologues in science fiction history. Okay, is Michael Rennie in Day the Earth Stood Still? Oh, okay. Where there's like he comes down and immediately that's what happens. You know, he's he's on the White House lawn mm-hmm. for like ten minutes, right? If that, and he gets shot, mm-hmm. right? Because we're a bunch of like apes with slingshots, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Sorry, gun enthusiasts, but we are, right? It's you know we just shoot stuff and. 
and he just disappears and he goes to discover what mankind is really all about. It's a very Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. which I think is why Robert Wise got recruited to do the motion picture, right? Oh, yeah, because sure. that similar perspective. But at the end of that movie, <laughs> it's quite a. Do you remember how it ends? Mm-hmm. He basically is just like, okay, here's the situation. You can either stop being, you know, warlike, barbarous. We kind of have a federation out here, mm-hmm. and it kind of works. And you can either join us, or you can face obliteration. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. That's, and I would hope that we would have the right ability to answer that question. If we were I would hope it. so. But I love that, the fact that this is like, you know, it's kind of like, you're the equivalent of like kindergartners out in the playground where, you know, the teacher comes in and says, gosh, you guys, you gotta, you gotta stop. Just stop being you know, to each it's, other. It's like, at some point you're going to grow up and you're going to be in the second grade, third grade, eighth grade. Yeah. It'll be better. Yeah. But right now you're kindergartners and you need to like respect that that's not a nice way to behave. And, you know, that usually is effective. But mm-hmm. the whole idea of that, right? I well, it happened that. in Star Trek, too, with the Metrons, right? And the and the Klingons and the, the Federation. And yeah. Forcing them to not fight one another. Yeah. Or uh, what is it? Uh, not so much the Metrons, but... Uh, Did I say the wrong thing? The, well, maybe. The, the ones who look like the Greeks with the golden hair. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking of, like, a taste of Armageddon. Uh, no, I'm not thinking of that one. I'm thinking of... No, not Taste of Armageddon. No, uh, taste... Um, I'm sorry. Blaming the Sauvignon Blanc, friends. Because um, the Metrons were... You're the one with the encyclopedic TOS knowledge. Yeah, the here. Metrons were it's, arena. It, okay. It's the, well, it's the race. It's the one where the cl- they stopped the Klingons. The Organians. From, or, yeah, that's the word I was looking Errand for. Organians. Yes. Errand of mercy. Yes. Right? I'm sorry. They're, they're so benevolent Organians. and advanced. Yes. They're able to make your not, weapons not work. So it's like them. We have removed your ability to fight. That's We're right. not going to let you fight. That's and right. That's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's so always wait, what I'm Which ones are the Metrons, then? Metrons is like, the, again, looking like a Greek dude, shows up in a robe at the end. But at the end of Arena. <gasps> oh, yes. Okay. Where they're done fighting, again, it's like you have to have somebody, the adult, come in the room and say, stop fighting. Right. Basically. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and I, I think that's what the Metrons were. No, you're right. right? You're right, yeah. Organians was what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. But they're very similar, right? Yeah. And where we're headed right now, we're headed more like towards like Landru. Uh-huh. Right? Absolutely. Right? That's where I feel like we're, you know, if I'm... Well, no, it's true. You know, where it's just like we're running around like, you know, we need to have... Misinterpreting every single thing yeah. and basing our entire civilization we on We need it. to have a cult leader <laughs> who tells us what to do. Yeah. And if you're really good, you can have like one day of the year where you get to act like a complete lunatic. Right. And Kill as many people as you want. Yeah, and just get out there and let it, let, let it all out, man. Yeah. Just let it out. Yeah. Flush your documents down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Goodbye, but I'm just like that's you know. Want to go in the other direction? Yeah, yeah, me you too. Know, that's that's why I mean I don't I keep going back to Star Trek right mm-hmm. because it's so forward thinking as far as like being able to uh, you know say we can all do better. So here's here would be my argument. I think that you and I both would love a future in which we make a plan that's based on a concept that makes sense to most of the people and then we execute that plan and I think what we're going to get is we're going to get the future that is opened up because of the forces that we already have in place i.e. things like capitalism Mm. so it's not that we're going to go out there and kind of have an idealistic outlook on things 
but it's also not that things are going to be terrible when they start to open up because they're going to open up because of resources and opportunity and people making money off of it and that kind of stuff. And once that becomes, because that's not going to change. Like, let's be honest. That's that's the model that we think works the best. Exploit, right now. discovery, yeah, absolutely. So we're not going to change that model. So once you lay that model down as kind of the foundation of what's out there, then you can grow into it, and then you can do all the same things that we're doing now, fighting for things that we fight for now, or you know, trying to influence society in ways. But I don't think that we are going to get the opportunity to go out there and kind of start with a fresh idealistic outlook necessarily unless the aliens come to unless, us first, like unless, you're saying unless it's a third party who <laughs> intervenes that's right So there is a great comic book series. Have you ever read uh, the Injustice series? No. So um, it's, it's five five big books. Like I don't know how many. It's like fifty issues or something. Who's the Who's the from? DC. It's Injustice. Injustice. So Injustice refers to the Justice League, but Injustice. Oh, okay. And no. so in this kind of alternate story, which I think is like in the DC universe, there's all these different Earths, right? So this happens on like Earth two. So it doesn't affect the prime universe, so to speak. <laughs> okay. But in this world... An alternate Earth. An alternate Earth. In this world, um, Superman and Lois Lane are together, and Lois Lane is pregnant. The Joker does something that causes Superman to accidentally kill Lois. Oh. And... Superman, in cold blood, murders the Joker. And that becomes the backdrop for a story which takes place over five years, wherein Superman says, you know what, I am sick of war, I am sick of hurt, I am sick of famine, I am sick of pain, I am sick of all the stupid shit that people do. I have the power to lay down the law and made people stop doing this. And so he does it. Wow. And they basically lock down, the Justice League locks down the planet. And there is a split, of course, where there's like the Batman faction and the Superman faction. And it's actually a pretty good story. Wow. How have I never heard of this? It's is middle 2010s, so fairly recent, okay. you know, to, within the last 10 years. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's good. And it's pretty extensive. You know, I, I mean, I do use comicsology or... No. Okay. No. Right. Comixology is a five dollar a month service that has no. tons and tons of comics available. Anyway, that's where I read it. Okay. Wow. I'm gonna have to check that out though. Yeah. That sounds cool. Because God, what a it was such a thing when uh, such a you know divisive thing. When, yeah. In Man of Steel, you know the movie. Oh. Right. right. When Superman nicks nicks Luther, not Luther. Uh, the Zod, mm-hmm. right? Oh my God! Superman can't kill somebody. That's yeah. all. That's He's that's not people. to. Yeah, I was. Everyone went, went bananas with that. Yeah, that happened, right. It was just like fascinating. So, <laughs> wow, interesting, brother. Interesting. Well, you know, in uh, about three weeks, Roseway's getting the new Batman. Oh yeah. yeah picture. So is that? Is that based on... Wasn't there, like, an animated series or something called The Batman? 
I don't think this is connected. It's not. I think this is different. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a different deal. This is the okay. guy who uh, uh, directed the la- the the current fran- last Planet of the Apes iteration. Oh, sure. Right? Okay. And uh, he's done a lot of good stuff. He's, he's a pretty solid director. I'm a little concerned about the running time. What is it? It's like... A whisker under three hours. Is it really? Yeah, so it's like bring your freaking catheter. Why do they have to do that? I don't know. And it sounds everything I've heard it says very dark, uh, very Fincher, very seven okay. kind of vibe Ooh, to it. Wow. Right. Okay. But uh, pretty intense. I think so, but but I like what I've seen. Yeah, I mean the trailers look super more realistic. Yeah. You know, a little, yeah. a little more down to the ground. That's what I like about it. It's not yeah. kind of it's not comic booky at all. Yeah. I mean I. Don't get me wrong. I love the Christian Bale movies. I oh. I really do. They're so good. They're hot. How can you not? It's just like... So I'm kind of like, well, do I really need to, you know... I, I can't... I, I, I'm, I, I'm happy to keep going back yeah, to the well, man. Yeah. I can't resist it. Yeah. Like, I love watching. It's like... To me, it's almost like seeing, okay, somebody else is doing a production of Macbeth. Yeah. Cool. I want to see that, right? Because, like, I love that... Uh, okay, so... I love that mythos. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, then. Ben Affleck. Ah, yeah, okay. What did you think? I think that... <laughs> oh, man, you're cruel. You're so crazy. I'm putting you on the spot. I love it. I'm happy to be candid, man. I'm happy to be candid. I, uh, none of this is going to end up making it on the air because we're so little of this wine talk, but I don't care. Um, I, uh, there's a lot of... Ben Affleck is a challenging figure, okay? He is a challenging figure, okay? Um, I pretty much like the guy... Uh, I really like the Ben Affleck of uh, of Kevin Smith. Mm. Okay, when he's working with Kevin Smith and he's making movies like Chasing Amy, yeah. I really like him a lot. Mm. Um, I just saw a super disappointing movie, uh, Ridley Scott's Last Duel. Haven't seen it. Yeah, um, don't really need to. Okay. Uh, but it's co-written by uh, Damon and Affleck together. Oh. Right. And that makes it sound really good. Right. Okay. And. There was this this a really good part that uh, Affleck plays, and if you didn't know it was Ben Affleck, I don't know that you'd be able to idea. Really? He's really good because it's like more of a character part, and it's just like when you know, you're like, okay, totally, that's Ben Affleck. Now I see it. Yeah. But if you don't know, like Susan didn't know, like for like 30 minutes, wow. and I told her, I go, that's Ben Affleck, and oh. she's like, no shit. And you go, oh, now I get it. But he's really good. And yeah. It's just because like he's actually acting and playing a character, right? I feel like he. Uh, embodied the look of Batman so well and that might just be costume design I don't know because he's like this big guy well it's size his size like his weight and everything was fit really really well and I mostly enjoy those movies I I really do right Um, but when he's not in the bat suit and he's being Bruce Wayne Awful. I don't like him. Like, he's such... How can he be a cool Batman yeah, and be an awful Bruce Wayne? Like, I totally of, am there with you. You're kind of not really... You're kind of like, you yeah. know, the dude at the gym you wish would leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're such a narcissist. Please yeah. go away. Because yeah. I feel like he's, he's you know, the whole... It's the J-Lo Ben Affleck, right? Mm. It's not the Kevin Smith Ben Affleck. It's the other side of him. And I'm like... And it's not, but it's not convincing. It's like a, it's like a facade that just is like, eh, I don't really believe you. Yeah, I'm like, you deliberately asked the wardrobe people to fit you with a shirt that's two sizes too small. (laughs) So you look, you real, you look (laughs) like, I'm like, I could do that too. I could wear my son's shirt, who's 13, and look like I, you know, but I'm like, no, dude, I, 
we all know what you did. It's just like goofy, yeah. right? It's just so goofy. And uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just like I, I really am fine. I, mean, I love Momoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a good movie. Dig that, oh, dude, yeah. man. I love Momoa. He's great. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Wonder Woman. Yeah, Gal Gadot. She's yeah, so good. she's great. Yeah. You know, and so and and I will say that like that Justice League movie. You know the. You see the Snyder Cut? The Snyder Cut is so much better. Like, I don't even know how the other one got made, to tell you the truth. What happened to Josh? And, I, and so when you were talking about movie length, one of the things I thought of was, did the fucking Snyder Cut, excuse my language, have to be four hours long? No. Absolutely It didn't have not. to be, no and it way. still could have been really, really good. Yeah. There was so much kind of just, like, moments taken for no good reasons. Yeah. You know? I would have opened with that scene where the dude comes in and Wonder Woman has to stop him from robbing the museum. Because mm-hmm. that's such a kick-ass action it's scene. So you open a movie with the most kick-ass action scene you can find. It's like uh, you, love it. you were talking Nolan, okay? Yeah. In the third Nolan Batman movie, mm-hmm. when Bane hijacks the planes. Mm. There's no CG there. They yeah. actually had planes up there in the sky oh, really? dismantling each other over Scotland. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's all. That's physical production work. That's stunt work. Oh, my gosh. They did that. That's Like, helicopters and big, like, frickin' airlift planes. It was just like, that's, you know. What? Yeah, they maybe digitally removed a cable. Sure, sure, sure. But that's that's legit. Wow. Yeah, he's a physical effects guy. Okay. He doesn't want to see, you know, I mean, Lee, you know, when left to his own devices. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why this movie is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, it's great. They're really, really fun. He casts like a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, excuse my phrase, <laughs> so but he, it's like you know, Michael Caine is Alfred. That's casting. I know it's the way it should be. That's casting, right? Yeah. But I'm excited to see this new one. I think it's going to be good. I'm totally giving it the benefit of the doubt. Oh, for sure. You know, I'll be there opening weekend if I can. Yeah, so. I'd love to see it in the theater because yeah. I feel like it's going to be one of those ones that uh, oh. wants to be seen yeah. there. Yeah. Roseway, right? Yeah, for sure. Everyone makes like three trips to the bathroom like before the movie starts, right? Yeah. Just to make sure you're ready, oh. right? It's just like whatever training, but that's a long time to go. This is our local theater, the Roseway Theater here in Portland. Yeah, and yeah. It is just, it's a great screen. It's a great auditorium. It's great. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like uh, without having to go and endure the nonsense of a big mall franchise type place. You know. The snacks are actually AMC. reasonably priced. The people who work there are really decent. It's a mom and pop operation, but yep. they got great audio visual, right? Yes. The screen is superb. I mean, it's like going and sound is really good. outstanding. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, if it's a big tentpole type picture, yeah. right? You that's know, where, that's where I'm going. That's yeah. right. And I like you can walk there. I mean, which is so incredible, close. right? Blocks away. Yeah, it's great. So the fact that they came <laughs> out, they were closed down for like months during the pandemic, and mm. we all thought, oh, they're not coming back. Well, and then somebody like smashed up their marquee and like. No, that, you know what that was? No, I don't. Oh, you, oh as an architect, you've got to be interested in this. Okay. Right? Because they're on the side of the street, right? Okay? And their marquee, friends, is like a big, extending, low hanging, like old school marquee. Sticks out over the sidewalk practically, right? So what they did is the city came in and they uh, injected like a right turn only lane next to the curb there, right? So that if you're in that curb passing in front of the theater, right, you gotta turn right to go on these side streets, right? What they didn't account for was large delivery vehicles or semis, right? So a semi comes in, the right turn only thing, right? And basically because of its height. Wait, the marquee was hanging over the new lane? Well, it basically does. If the vehicle's tall enough, 
And that's what happened. It's a big delivery vehicle, big semi. It was outside of the height thing, clocked the freaking, you know, oh, marquee. That damage was done from one vehicle. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So what did they do? Adjust the lane? I think they or? had to adjust the lane, and they had to also, like, adjust the, the way the marquee works and, and somehow slightly redesign it a little bit. I think it was minor, but it was just like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. I screw, didn't know It that. was totally screwed up. So I think that's why they I were closed for so long. I with a rock No, I think it was some litigation going on. You're talking about the big... Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. That was all yeah. vehicle. Ah, wow. Yeah, it was all vehicle. So it was crazy. But, okay. Uh, but I will still, whenever I can... We used to be the Cinetopia addicts, mm-hmm. right? We'd always go over That's there, great place you know. But it's just like, but the I don't like to sit through the commercial. Mm. I can't do it. Yeah. Right, trailers are one thing. <laughs> yeah, but the sitting there um, watching commercials for like the I, local I, can, I will never in my life go to like the Lloyd Cinemas again, which um, I don't even think they're going to be there that long. But uh, oh my god, I, I had uh, made the mistake of going there to see uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Wait, no. What is the last one? Uh, die. Die. In a, an, what's the most recent that's one? That's what I'm trying to remember. It's just <laughs> die. We all have a similar... Die something. No Time to Die, I think is what it is. Could right? be. Could be. The last Daniel the Craig last, movie. Yeah. Titles are clearly interchangeable. <laughs> it's all dying. No sure. dying time tomorrow. Or whatever it is. Right? And that was, you know, longtime James Bond fan. I, I got to tell you the whole Daniel uh, Craig series for me, like Casino Royale, the first one was great. All the other ones I could take or leave. I like Skyfall. I thought Skyfall. Okay. Those, right. those two were good. But right. The other ones I'm totally with you. Yeah. But you know, it, Dick Craig. Just, there's something about his character arc, uh, Daniel Craig's Bond character arc, that I just don't. It it has none of the charm of any of the previous iterations, even. Well, no, I can't go that far. I was going to say even Timothy Dalton, but then I thought I I might pull myself back a little bit from that. <laughs> there are moments. There, there are, are moments. <laughs> but I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. I, I generally like to do it. Okay. But, but I yeah. just but I generally don't like the screenwriters. Maybe that's what it is. It's just it's, uh, it's his. I don't have a problem with his portrayal of the character. I just have a problem with kind of where they take his character. Yeah, I think they've they've used the same handful of screenwriters for the last like six pictures, mm. if not more. And uh, oh, they, they they you know they think they got it figured out, but uh, I mean they're making money. So yeah, maybe they're they, making money. Maybe they do. They make uh, people seem to like the last one. I mean, I'm probably an outlier of, of Bond fans that that didn't so much. But long-winded point is, oh, my God, I go to the Lloyd Cinemas to see it, and I get into a freaking, I don't know, 20 minutes of, like, Pepsi commercials and, like, Milk Dud commercials and so M&M's commercials and all this nonsense. It is, oh, I feel like I was, you know, practically got diabetes watching all these. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've eaten of, all of my snacks oh, already. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with a sour expression on my face, right? So when the movie starts, I'm in a bad mood, yeah. man. I'm like, this is not why I want to go to the movie. I want to see a trailer for a movie that I'm, like, blown away by right. and be, like, thrilled. Well, I got to tell you that I am still very much enjoying this wine. We we've gotten down to the bottom of the wine. Oh, we did this really good. I think, but in in maybe in better time than I'd say almost an hour. Hour ten. Yeah. I'd say yeah, a little bit more than an hour, which is way faster than we did with the Klingon blood wine. But this doesn't have the potency of the like. I'm not poop-faced right now because we drank it too quickly, you know? No. Like, it, it still feels like a nice summer sipping. You could go shopping right now. You could go shopping right now and be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, 
I don't love shopping. But no. I, <laughs> Lord, no. Depends on what I'm shopping for. Well, I'm definitely a guy who I'm like, my whole goal is to get in and get out as quickly as possible. That's how I am, like commando style. For sure. Right. I got my map. I got the aisles map. I know exactly what order I'm going to Start the banana aisle, end of the bread aisle. I got it all. And you do not go back. No, no. I forgot an avocado. Forget it. Leave it. Never leave a man behind. (laughs) It's like aliens. Forget him. He's gone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, oh, man. I found out something this week that I didn't know existed. Oh, did you hear about... Oh. The movies that made us? Is that what you're to talk about? No, no, no. So what were you going to say? That's what I was going to say. This, this Fakak the Netflix series. You've seen it, right? Okay, so I am familiar with that show. That uh, was not what I was talking about. I didn't know it existed until this week. Such a good movie. Somehow shocking. And so did you watch the Star Trek episode first, or...? There is a Star Trek episode. For the movies that made us. For the, oh, so the, I was thinking about the toys that made us. I'm sorry. The toys that made us. No, that I know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know I about seen. the movies that the made movies, us. Yeah, the movies that made us. It's this great thing, okay? And, like, two of my favorite movies are in there. Oh. And I started watching it last night, okay? It's like, uh, I, I, I got to admit, I practically lived in movie theaters during the 80s. I mean, practically yeah. almost hung up a hammock okay. right in there, right? Aliens and RoboCop. So good. Both oh, of them are so good. Oh, my God. And it's like a 45-minute, better than any of your behind-the-scenes Blu-ray content, Ooh. you know. Is this on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Right in I'm going to watch it. Oh, sure. they're good. Start with the Aliens one. Okay. Because that's one of my totems. It, it is. It's definitely in my top ten. Oh, of my God. Time. Yeah, for I sure. I freaking love that movie. Well, it's so it's just so good. I mean, for so many different reasons. Yeah. You know. And they got every they got you know, uh, Jeanette Goldstein sitting in her backyard, right? She's <laughs> all just chilled out, no filter, just talking about the way nice. everything is, right? She's oh, that's like, perfect. You know, and just they're really just conversationally talking about what a crazy experience it was making this movie, and they are great. Oh, I also got to say, man, amazing job of editing that first thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it must have taken a while to. Yeah, it took a little bit, but cull, not, cull not some too decent content out of our ramblings. I don't envy you. This <laughs> this one's going to be a hundred times. Nah, this one's going to be easier, actually. Uh, let's hope so. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, that's where Paul was talking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I actually got a lot more out of the last one than I thought I was going to. Like, I planned for a five-minute spot on the podcast, and I simply could not cut it down to five minutes. There was too much good stuff for me to, like, take it down. It's <laughs> I was, well, I was like, Susan was dying to hear it, right? And she was like howling. I mean, it was, was she? Yeah. I kept asking myself, "Is this good listening?" And the answer kept being yes. And I was like, "Okay, well, shit, then I'm just gonna keep leaving it in." I mean, do the other guys like it? Like Jim? Char- uh, Jim Char- literally said um, that you should be on a podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he thought you had like. Just natural chop. I mean, you do have... Come on. You're like a guy who is very extroverted. You are very comfortable around other people. You communicate well. You know, so you're you're like a natural for this kind of environment. Well, I'm the I'm that weird thing in the Myers Briggs, right? The introverted extrovert. Oh, are you really? Oh yeah. I don't know okay. what version of it I am, but I'm like it's like that's my like left to my own devices, or like at a party or something. I'd be like, oh, okay. Really? Like, but wait, but. But if you're at that party and you're holding court and everybody's listening to you. No, what I do is it's like, it's really bad, okay? And I haven't been, and granted, I'm like, over two years now out of practice. But, like, I'll work the room and I'll try to find people who have some kind of passing interest in science fiction or movies. There you go. Right? Go and then you know. I hijack the conversation. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'm looking for an excuse to turn it into that. Sure. Right? And I'll be like, oh, well, I wish... Uh, 
Yeah, I don't want to violate the prime directive, and I'm waiting to see if anyone bites. And everybody's right? like, oh. See if anyone knows. I'm like, oh, you're straight. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, like, you know, it's like an insurance salesman, right? Just Wait, so you're different. saying you're a low-hanging fruit picker. I'm looking at yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to find someone who speaks my language, yeah, right? No, it's like, absolutely. are there any other Americans here in Rome? Yeah. It's like that, right? Yeah. And, and so Can I'm anybody trying to find it, right? Yeah. Can I, but, but, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be any good or not, so who knows. But I, I do have a hard time shutting up, though. That's that's the thing. So well, maybe that's good for podcasts. I don't know. It, it can be a good thing for podcasts. I, it, uh, if, you, if you keep talking and say nothing, that's no good. But if you keep talking and say interesting things, then yeah. why not? Ideally, it's like, you know, you're kind of coming around with stuff and bouncing stuff off the wall. That's right. Get throwing spaghetti around, seeing what sticks. So at this point, it looks like Paul has finished his glass. Yes, enthusiastically. I have I have a last couple sips here. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy these while you talk about this wine. I I feel like I've reclaimed a little bit of my enthusiasm for, uh, that's been dormant for white wine. So gotta thank the uh, producers of United Federation of Planets Sauvignon Blanc because this has really been terrific, and uh, it's done a good job of. Uh, reminding us of, of, of the great pleasures of uh, a good white wine, which is great because considering that like we're on the, the threshold of spring coming, a lot more right. opportunities to enjoy a good white wine. That's, yeah, it's true. And I, and I must admit that I was a little nervous about this wine, A, because Sauvignon Blanc is not just like one of my Pavlovian responses. Right. I, you know, it just isn't one that I go, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to love this. And even in the preliminaries here, you were describing acidic. And I get terrible heartburn sometimes. And so I was a little nervous. This is not triggering anything for me right now. Good. It is sitting very well in my stomach. We've sat uh, here and enjoyed a bottle together. Uh-huh. A bottle together. And, um, and it was good all the way through. Yeah. It, it did mellow out over time. That kind of, like, buttery richness to it was a through line all yeah. the way to the end even though the fruit's kind of mellowed just a little bit and, well, just the right amount of like pear fruit because it's dry in the best possible sense I just really enjoyed it uh, and for a guy who you know uh, scoffs white wines every now and then I'm impressed yeah I will admit so here's where we are right now Armada collection six bottles of wine mm-hmm. we're two in so far Star Trek.com wines StarTrekWines.com, sorry, go. this is bl- <laughs> blame the vintner. <laughs> StarTrekWines.com, you're at 100%, Yeah. okay, which is not easy to find these days. So, so far we're like absolutely thrilled. It's like the uh, uh, the selection of the wines has been great, but so far it's only matched by the presentation because mm. I, uh, the this is, is so not beautiful. some hastily assembled marketing, yeah. you know, nonsense. I mean, the the... There's a lot of deliberate thought gone into these to really create something that is presented well. But the the contents live up to the presentation. They do. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's it's really, really a, a well-done uh, product. So I'm, I'm super impressed. So that, of course, leads to question, self-servingly, what's next, Eric? Ooh, that is a very, <laughs> very, very excellent question. Well, as you were mentioning, you know, we've got uh, six bottles. It's the Armada 6. Uh, we've gone through two. So there are, uh, what does that leave? <laughs> I believe four is the answer you're looking for. I'm trying to enter a password <laughs> into my laptop and talk at the same time. Interestingly, six is the same number of transporter pads on a typical transporter platform. I don't know if that's... That 
Of course is Come the truth, on, but that's is, not that, you. is that just a coincidence? Ooh. Or is that like by design StarTrekWines.com? But it's like you almost could use that in your marketing to show all six wines on a transporter on pad. a transporter pad, being able to beam into the home of the lucky recipient. I think that's brilliant. All right, so if I were a planning man, I would say that we should uh, sort of alternate maybe reds and whites. I like that concept. Except, do you have as many whites as reds? No, so we will end up doing two <laughs> reds in the end, but, but that's okay. it holds up for the first four. Yeah. So I'm guessing is the Cardassian wine next? Is that where you're going? I do kind of feel like that might be a good place uh, to go. And what's the varietal on that one? Yeah, so the uh, so the Cardassian uh, Canar here, let me see, uh, says, uh, maybe I'll just read this thing real quick here. Uh, let's see. Premium red blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petite Syrah, and Petite Verdot. Oh, okay. Resulting in a dark, rich wine with notes of ripe blackberries and juicy blueberries, velvety tannins, and a long, delightful finish. Oh, maybe a softer kind of Rhone-style wine compared to the blood wine, right? A lot of similarities, but but a little mellower, not quite so forward with the fruit. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Like a a wine you drink under a warm blanket. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for coming over again. I really appreciate it. This, like you said, these wines have been so good, Um, and uh, thank you for bringing along Picard and future Riker, I feel like uh, in their dress uniforms, they were well appreciated here. There must be some kind of toy representation at every one of these. Otherwise, I feel like we failed. And we don't want that happening. So we want to make sure that there's good thematic representation happening. So well done, man. Thank you for this. You bet. Thank Delighted. you. Delighted. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Let's see what's out there. Engage.